Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Get ready for Crack the Customer Code, your audio guidebook for creating incredible customer journeys. Adam, do you think we are transparent enough with our listeners here on Crack the Customer Code? One, of course, and two, I think your question is transparent, <laughs> and it'll be evident to everybody why in just a few moments. That's right. We are talking a lot about what it means to be transparent in this episode, but I think in general, we tend to throw around terms like authenticity and transparency and how important that is for customer experience and employee experience. But we don't often take that one step further and really talk about what does that look like? How do you walk that talk? And that's what's so fascinating about our guest, David Sakamoto, and specifically around the work he does at GitLab. But it's really fascinating to think about what does transparency really mean? Yeah, and to your point, I mean, it's very much a buzzword now. And it's like love, it means different things to different people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, David and GitLab, they really have an interesting approach. And I think they do one of the most important things when we talk about transparency, which is they know what it means and why they're doing it. It mm -hmm. is part of their cultural values. They take it to a level that most companies don't, which you know, you'll hear more in the interview about that. But I think that's so key is knowing the why behind transparency and not just throwing around the word. Yep. Yeah. I'm really excited for this one. I think we should jump in. What do you think? Let's be transparent about it, but let's do it. <laughs> All right, let me introduce you to our guest, David Sakamoto. David brings deep passion and experience in leading customer experiences, scaling businesses, and optimizing delivery of products and services to deliver customer outcomes and propel revenue growth. Bringing a unique background in customer success, sales engineering, services, professional managed and support, product engineering, and global operations, he currently leads glo global customer success at GitLab. Prior to GitLab, David built and scaled America's success team at Cisco, managing a $2 billion plus book of business and contributed over $350 million in expansion. He brings a diverse set of experiences from other companies, including eVault, Genentech, Yahoo, and SGI. David holds a bachelor's degree in industrial engineering from California Polytechnic State University at San Luis Obispo. David, we are so happy you're here with us on Crack the Customer Code. Welcome. Uh, thank you, Jeannie. I really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. Uh, likewise, David. So happy to have you. And let's jump right in. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you came to manage uh, the customer success uh, experience at GitLab. And tell us a little bit about what your vision is. How do you view customer success? Yeah, absolutely. So 
prior to cust prior to GitLab, I led customer success for the Americas at Cisco, and Cisco is just a go-to-market engine, and I, I really loved and appreciate that experience. And to me, it really gave me a view of what is that North Star? We talk, everybody talks about scaling customer success, but when you think about scale, you think about Cisco scale, that is full-blown scale. So I, I really valued that experience in terms of giving me a North Star of something to build to. Also gave me great experience in terms of you know, partner success. Um, and some of those unique things that I think um, you don't see a lot in the market. But one of the challenges, I have a lot of, Jeannie, you know, I've got a lot of ideas and passion and energy. And sometimes in the large organizations, it's hard to move quickly. So I, I was looking around for something different to, to bring the velocity. And I came across GitLab that just, it was one of these roles just totally aligned with, uniquely aligned with my background, my passion, and a lot about the values. Uh, and so when I look at, when I joined GitLab, we were about 40 people and we're now about uh, 165, we over 200 by the end of the year. I really gave me an opportunity to build customer success how I, how I wanted, I think it should be built. And, and I think of two, and I just added three pillars to it. One is ultimately it comes to driving business outcomes for your customers. And I mm -hmm. think the, the other view is, with leaders, you have to have a commercial mindset. So it's not just like this, you know, kumbaya, oh, customer's happy. It's like, are we, the second thing is, are we driving growth? Are we driving net retention? Are we, we helping grow the business? And then the third I just have added recently is just, and it's uniquely at GitLab, just given our growth is provide career opportunities for the team. So those are the kind of three pillars that, that define my strategy for customer success. I love that because I think we don't often, we don't talk about enough the connection between helping our customers succeed and how that translates into helping our business succeed with real outcomes. Uh, so I think the way that you've defined all that is really compelling. And, you know, I've been super impressed with the level of transparency and kind of walking the talk at GitLab. And it's really an example of your values. So I was just wondering, can you share a bit more about those and how those are really put into action there? Yeah, absolutely. We have an acronym credit for our values and, um, and uh, the, the T in credit is transparency. And I, it's one of my favorite values about GitLab and everybody at GitLab has their own favorite value. And I think this is one of the ones that's really unique. And before GitLab, I was like, oh, I'm really transparent, but boy, I had my eye opened. We talk about, we talk about transparent at GitLab, literally our, our entire process is, everything we do is open to the world. So if you want to know about customer success, look at GitLab customer success handbook or vision page or TAM, which are CSMs. Everything's totally open. So hopefully um, your listeners can get some value from that. But it really comes to, and it, you know, it's, it's really about what we do, how we interact with each other, how we engage our prospects, our customers, our partners. You know, everything that we do, we're totally open, direct, and transparent. Uh, and I give you a, a number of different examples. But one interesting kind of my learning process, tra my transition process coming to GitLab, you know, I think we've all, you know, in, in a customer role, we've all had that situation where you have a problem. 
right? And I'm used to my past. We had, okay, let's go figure out, okay, here's the problem. We're going to say, okay, at the end wait, of the year. Wait, wait, wait. There's, there's no problems in customer service. No problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. And at the end of the meeting, you're always inevitably go, okay, what are we going to tell the customer? Okay, we're going to say this, don't say this. <laughs> like, that, we, just, we just tell them. And then beyond that, like we've had instances where we had like a, an issue. We actually bring our customers into our retrospectives, like openly talk, here's what we're doing. And what I've learned and really appreciated is it really builds trust with your customers because they know you're going to tell them the truth. We know in, and a lot of times if our, we have a product issue, you know, minus the security thing, because we have to be cautious on some of those pieces. But you know, if any product issue we have, it's totally open. Customer can see it. In many ways, they actually contribute to it. Like if sometimes we have like a, an issue, people will be adding in use cases they ran into. And so it just really brings a totally unique way that we interact with our, in that example, customers. But also everything we do internally is transparent um, as well. So it's, it's really built in the DNA. And one of the things I value with GitLab is just, it's one of those rare organizations that just truly lives our values. And you, you, you see them represented to how people interact with each other every day. Every day. Well, that, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I will just, sorry, I'll just comment on that a little bit because I, I was blown away by that, really, how it's everywhere and it's such a part of not just uh, what you do, but also kind of who you bring into the fold. And that was something that, um, you know, it, it, it's impressive to see it in, in the way that it's not just about we're going to be transparent about our big announcements, right? It's like, yeah. it's like we're going to be transparent about the work that we're doing today, right now, and everybody can go check that out, and you can find those handbooks, and they're just open for everybody. And I think that's really compelling, and really, it shows it shows the walking the talk, like I mentioned, because there's a lot of places that say they're transparent, but I've never seen it to that level. Yeah, and I, the other piece is another learning experience, like when you're making a decision. We'll put out an issue and the team contributes to it. And sometimes we're, like, we're not ready to share with the team, but we become accustomed that everything we put out is done, right? So, but what it does is I found many times, just, just like customers, the team will bring forward considerations or things to think about that we didn't, that help influence the right decision. So um, it's just, it, it, you know, I've, I've now a ginormous advocate for it. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I continue to learn myself and grow from it. And it's just been one of those, you know, among the many values, it's one of those ones I really appreciate. Yeah. I, yeah. I really want to talk about how that manifests internally, but I'd like to ask you first a little bit about just how you, uh, you know, that's sort of the, what, like, how are you operationalizing that? When you say customers can see, what does that mean? Where are they seeing it? Are they part of, you know, are you using, uh, you know, some sort of community feature? How, how is that how is that actually working? So our listeners get an idea of like, okay, we, we're being transparent. Here's what that transparency looks like and you know, operationalized. Yeah. In, in many ways, we use our own product. So well, most of the time we use our own product. So it, Okay. Uh, well, that makes, that's easy. <laughs> yeah. So we have, it's, it's, they're called issues, but like we have epics and issues. So if we have a large program, we'll create an epic and kind of say, hey, we're going to try to accomplish this. We'll break this down into specific issues, which are individual initiatives. It could be decisions. Um, and so, you know, if you want to look up, you can actually look up my OKRs for this quarter. You can look at the progress, the conversations happening there. Um, as it relates to customers, like if there's a, you know, a product enhancement, 
we have an issue for that. We have, well, maybe have an Epic for a, a use case and, and issues that come in and customers can see them. Uh, they can see our roadmap. Uh, we can, you know, when you talk about operationalizing it, you know, we transparently talk about how we view, you know, the, the maturity of our product capabilities as relative to our competitors. Uh, and so, you know, it's tough to say operationalize. We use our pro platform right. as, as that technology, okay. but it's really kind of built into the DNA of the organization. Perfect. Okay. Well, so when you're talking about transparency, obviously, uh, you know, that's a, to have that, that's a cultural, uh, you know, idea. That's a cultural, uh, characteristic. So let's talk a little bit about how that manifests itself internally. How do you, you know, think transparency, how do you view that as part of culture and you know, how do you leverage your team to not only have a, have that part of the culture, but how do you maintain just the overall culture and values that that transparency is a part of? Yeah. So I think of it, I'll just give you a few examples because it's kind of hard for me to say it's kind of everything we do, <laughs> but uh, Slack, for example, uh, private Slack channels are discouraged. Uh, okay. Gotcha. As our meeting docs, my leadership meeting docs, where we keep meeting notes and agendas, totally open to the entire company. Uh, if we make a decision, we will open it up in an issue and open up for feedback prior to making a decision. There, there's there's certain exceptions, right? If there's a, something to do with compensation or sensitivity around employees, there's a few things that we we don't. But generally, we arc towards. You know, open channels, open communication, open issues, uh, and, and it's really built into the way that we work together and and operate. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, in in uh, just transparent transparently, I've had times where I wasn't as transparent as I should have been, and I got <laughs> feedback from the team, and I've since course corrected. Right, so the team says, "Hey, how come we didn't know about that?" And I said, "You know what? You're right. I should have." And, you know, like all leaders, we, we, we make mistakes and we learn. And um, some of the team, like from bottoms up, said, hey, we should have known about that. And I said, you're absolutely right. The other thing we actually we use a lot are AMAs. I don't, it's funny, I, I didn't have them before GitLab, but we'll, we'll share a decision or I mean before, we'll actually do an AMA that's open to the team and they can ask questions and we'll just answer any question that people have. So, so that's ask uh, me anything, is that? Yes, yes ask me anything. <laughs> so we do those quite a lot. So if we make a change or, we're rolling something out, roll out mm -hmm. comp, we'll do an AMA to get feedback on it or, or do it even before, you know, we'd like a, we'll do a leadership AMA. Like, here's what we're thinking. You know, what do you think? What's your feedback? Um, mm -hmm. And so we, we try to keep, you know, not only the technology like Slack and issues, but also make it open conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really, um, I think that's becoming more and more important too with different generations even. Like there's there's this expectation of, transparency. And then to your point, David, I think the other part of culture is is recognizing when we misstep, when we don't live up to that and being able to have those conversations. I think that's really important. And so, um, you know, thinking of that, one of the things that we like to do is really, you know, look to the future and think about how, um, you know, in these last few years, especially, we've talked so much about change. And so I'm curious, when you think about the future, what is one thing that you don't think will change about customer experience? Did I stump you? 
<laughs> yes. I, I, it did stop me because I generally think of like everything's always changing, right? We're always right. evolving and improving. I guess, you know, what I think about, you know, if it, it makes me think about what's been consistent through my career in customer stuff. And the one thing that will, I hope never changes is empathy for your customer. And that means you're truly trying to understand what are they accomplish. You're truly trying to understand the business outcome. You're truly trying to understand their use cases. You're truly trying to understand what are their barriers. Uh, you're, you're, you know, so I, I think ultimately at the end of the day, like that empathy and desire to learn and best align with the needs of your customer is something that should and will always drive everything, depending on whether there's automated, whether there's data around it, whether there's humans around it. To me, that's one of those core principles that will ultimately be yielded success. Even if you're totally automated, you know, ultimately your data and your metrics are going to define around learning more and doing a better job at aligning with their, your customers' needs. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope that doesn't change too. I think that's a great answer because really at the end of the day, we're all trying to help these individual customers and help them achieve more and feel better and all of those things. So having empathy is a huge, huge part of that. You know, so, Jeannie, customers are people too. Oh, yeah. that's good. Well, to know. Actually, I was just gonna say that. actually, you know what? I was actually just going to say, and to me, to me, I think that I was just, I caught my, I'm glad you said that, Adam, because I was thinking like, it's actually the empathy for the humans that on your mm -hmm. customer side, because to me, that's a big motivator. And I've realized that in my career, like I really like to help people at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so everything I do with our team and our prospects and our customers is like, I want to go help those humans. We have got a great solution to help them go to. And I always try to, in my mind, like visualize if they can, if we give them better capabilities, they can go home and spend time with their friends or go home and see their mm -hmm. family, their kids sooner. So. Like I, I do try to connect with the humanity of the technology that we provide and hopefully we can make people's lives better. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that too. I love that too. So, you know, we talked, we talked a lot about GitLab and kind of checking that out. Where can people find out more about you, David, and how can they reach out to you? Uh, well, I'm, I, I, I won't know if this is the most exciting answer, but you know, uh, <laughs> one LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn and Twitter are probably the primary ones from a mm -hmm. professional standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, I'm Hoppa Power on Twitter and David Sakamoto on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, I would also refer if, you know, anything sounds interesting, you're wondering how we do things at GitLab, look up the handbook. It's totally open. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to claim that we're perfect. I'm not claiming that we're the best, uh, but we're constantly iterating and improving. And hopefully people can look at it and maybe use a reference and um, hopefully people can find some assistance there, but that's why we do it. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff out there. I really, it's it's fascinating. It's it's easy to go down the rabbit hole <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and find a bunch of things that are are just out there for you know learning. So it's it's really cool to see. So and, and well, we'll get all I, that uh, in the show notes. Yes, definitely, definitely. Well, I I knew this was going to be a fascinating conversation. I'm so grateful that you were able to join us and just share more about you and customer success and everything else, because I think the work that that all of us do in this industry is really important. So thank you so much for being here, David. Well, th 
thank you, Adam, and thank you, Jeannie. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed the conversation, and uh, I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to connect with your listeners. Oh, thanks so much, David. Appreciate it. Take care. So, transparently. But <laughs> <laughs> um boom. <laughs> One of the things I really appreciate about the discussion we just had was that a lot of it is grounded in values. It's, you know, I love how he mentioned that somebody called him out and said, you know what, you were not transparent enough for this. And he had to own that and say, oh, you're right, I'm going to do better next time. That's because they're so clear about their values there. And I was able to witness that in working with them a little bit. And I it just really blew me away how they really live those values. And I think that's the piece that a lot of organizations don't get right. They don't turn the values from words into actions and behaviors. And I think the values is what help can help you if you're really looking at transparency in your organization. I think the values is what can help you sort of manage the fear of transparency, mm -hmm. knowing why you're doing it, saying, this is what we stand for. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we, we've seen that a lot in recent years. We've talked about social purpose corporations and companies that are taking a stand on issues they wouldn't have taken a stand on before. And they're able to do that, you know, to manage the fear around doing that, the market consequences of doing that, because they have established what their values are and have decided to act in alignment with their values. So I think when yep. we talk about transparency, that's a great lesson to take away from this episode with David. Yes, absolutely. And I think we often talk about the value of customer experience and how important it is. And we don't always talk about how important it is to back that up with the values of it. So I really, I loved this discussion. I'm sure everybody's going to walk away and have so much more, you know, courage to be transparent, to, to put things out there and to live their values. And you know who we know live their values, Adam. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> Our listeners, Jeannie. Our listeners. We know that because they tell us. They tell us that they are walking in those values all the time. Even by being here, listening to Crack the Customer Code, they are living the value of lifelong learning. So we're so happy that you're here, listeners. Thank you for listening to Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of C-Suite Radio. So be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Come find me at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Tapork, and you can connect with me at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>